We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. This week, we're talking about flea and tick prevention, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and also what we do for our own dogs to help repel these pests naturally. All right, so for this week's podcast, we are talking about flea and tick preventatives. Um, This is obviously the time of the year where we start thinking about using these, um, whether it's conventional or or natural flea and tick preventatives. it's a really, really important topic topic to talk about, and um, it's kind of been a long time coming, but I think now is an appropriate time to to go over some stuff. So here we go. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. So a lot of us, a lot of dogs, most dogs in the U.S. and cats as well, are using uh, conventional flea and tick preventatives. And by conventional flea and tick preventatives, I mean things like Nexgard or Semperica, Brevecto. These are... There's no easy way to put it. These are insecticide-based treatments. Um, and what I mean by that is they're actually using insecticides in these, these flea and tick preventatives um, to get rid of fleas and ticks. So they all use a, um, they're called uh, isoxazolines, which is a, a family of neurotoxins. So all of these uh, companies are using these, um, these form of neurotoxins. Uh, and how this works is your dog, when you give your dog the pill, it has these um, isoxazolines in them, these neurotoxins. And so when they eat the pill, these neurotoxins will start coursing through their veins, through their bloodstream. And usually it's for a whole month. Prevecto is actually a three-month pill. I've read lots of uh, stories about people getting their dogs off of these pills and even a year later still finding dead ticks and fleas coming off of their dog. So... There's, interesting enough, there's really no long-term studies on these drugs. Um, these companies obviously don't want to do the long-term studies. I don't think they want to know the results. So it's it's kind of, we're not quite sure how long these things are really lasting for. But um, the important thing to remember here is that essentially what you're, what you're doing with these conventional drugs is you're essentially poisoning the host, which is your dog, uh, to poison the parasite, so the flea or the tick. So it's not really a preventative um, doesn't really keep the fleas and ticks away from them necessarily. Um, how it works is the flea or when the flea or the tick bites your dog and ingests the blood, it's also ingesting the, um, the neurotoxin or the pesticide and then it paralyzes them and they die. So most of uh, most dogs are, you know, they're on these drugs year round. Um, especially if you're going to, you know, a conventional or a traditional vet. Even in the dead of winter, uh, when these fleas and ticks are almost non-existent, you'll see a lot of traditional vets still pushing these um, these preventatives or these drugs. 
my personal opinion on this is, is if your vet is really recommending year round flea and tick meds, especially for here, like in Ohio, and we have pretty harsh winters, I think it's more about the money than it is the, the actual protection. Fleas are almost non-existent. Ticks are extremely dormant during that time of year. Yes, you can still, um, there is a chance uh, your dog could have a, a tick attached to them in the dead of winter, but it's it's highly unlikely. Um, I've never seen it. I'm, I'm saying it can't happen, but it's, I think it's risk versus reward. And, you know, if you're going to do these, these conventional medicines, I think it's very important to give your dog's body a break um, at certain times of the year, particularly winter time. And for also, you know, making sure you're doing detox, but we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But like I said, truthfully, we don't really know, you know, what's going on long-term. You know, these, again, they're, neuro, they're neurotoxins um, They you know, they're built to destroy the, the insect's nervous system, essentially paralyzing them. Um, and so it's, 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 we have to think about how this is affecting the, the animal, the host, so your dog or a cat, and also the people around them. My main reason to get away from these was really um, because of our kids. I just didn't want our kids who are constantly around our dogs, petting them, laying on them playing with them to be around or exposed to these um, insecticides or pesticides. There's not a whole lot of long-term studies done on these, but there are thousands of cases of of dogs suffering from um, vomiting, ataxia, seizures, tremors, diarrhea, uh, lethargy, puritis, itching, loose stools, decreased appetite, and even death. I mean, there's, and, and, and liver failure is a really big one. So there's, you know, thousands of cases of, of liver failure where the dog is perfectly fine, perfectly good health. One day they are administered the pill, um, the, the flea and tick preventative. And then the very next day they've developed the end stage liver failure. So, and, and it's not just one or two cases, I'm talking thousands of cases. So there's definitely, it's definitely a very, very real problem. I've even seen it, you know, firsthand. I've had and we've only been open for two years. I've already had, I think, about three customers show me videos of either their current pets or their past pets uh, suffering from like muscle tremors or, or convulsing. Um, I'll never, like, I'll never forget these videos. They're like edged in my brain, but it's it's terrifying. And there's and it's always, you know, it's always a dog that never had any issues with any seizures or convulsing or muscle tremors and never had any of these things. They're given a pill either, you know, the day before that day, and all of a sudden they are. Um, losing bodily control so and on the other side of that there's thousands of dogs that you know don't have any issues that we know of um, that are taking these so it's something to definitely think about another thing is you know it's it's interesting that the epa actually regulates these monitors these drugs and you're probably wondering why the epa does but they fall under their jurisdiction because they're actually pesticides and insecticides um, and that falls under the, the EPA's, uh, like I said, their jurisdiction. So they actually held a conference because there's so many, back in 2008, there's 44,000 uh, reported serious adverse side effects. So in just in one single year, 44,000 um, reported adverse side effects from these drugs. Uh, it's 600 deaths as well. So the EPA actually held a meeting called the Evaluation of Pet Spot on Flea and Tick Products and Steps to kind of figure out what's going on and what kind of protocols they need to do going forward. What they found was that most dogs that were suffering these adverse side effects were smaller dogs, which kind of makes sense. Most of the issues were um, that the symptoms were skin issues, digestive issues, and neurological issues. 
And what's really kind of wild is that there were even reports of cats having severe adverse side effects by just being exposed or being around a dog that was using the products, so using the uh, isoxazoline-based products. So the cats weren't even given the flea and tick preventative. They're just close to a dog or living with a dog that was on them. So, um, you know, we, we think about our, you know, our other pets that are much smaller that are around our, our dogs. Think about our children that are around our dogs and being exposed to these things. It's kind of scary stuff. The FDA actually put out a, a report, uh, or sorry, uh, rather a warning in August of last year just saying that, hey, these isoxazoline products have been associated with neurological adverse reactions, um, including muscle tremors, ataxia, seizures, um, and, and some dogs and cats. And this, that these, these side effects may occur in animals without any prior history. Um, they did this back in 2018 as well. They actually issued another alert advising pet owners of the potential <clears throat> for adverse uh, reactions. So again, those, those same side effects um, in dogs and cats when they're treated with drugs in the isoxazoline class. There's also, you know, there's also the environmental issue. So I think we can all agree that we, you know, we, we want to keep the earth in, in the best shape as possible and as less toxic as possible. I don't think these, these um, insecticide-based treatments are, are doing that. Um, and the reason why I say that is, besides the obvious, the, the Guardian actually reported back in 2020, um, I'm going to quote, um, this is from the exact article, um, they said, highly toxic insecticides used on cats and dogs to kill fleas are poisoning rivers across England, a study has revealed. Discovery is extremely concerning for water insects and the fish and birds that depend on them, the scientists said, who expect significant environmental damage is being done. The research found that these preventative chemicals, um, sorry, the, the research found that the preventative chemicals in these flea and tick treatments were found in 99% of the samples from 20 rivers on the average level, oh, and that the average level of one particularly toxic breakdown product of the uh, pesticides was 38 times above the safety limit. So the researchers on this actually um, really, really were discouraging the use of these these products and, and they wanted some kind of new regulation um, in England. Uh, Professor Dave Golson from the University of Sussex and, and part of that research team said, I couldn't quite believe the pesticides were so prevalent. Our rivers are routinely and chronically contaminated with both of these chemicals. So he said, the problem is these chemicals are so potent even at tiny concentrations, we would expect them to be having significant impacts on insect life in the rivers. One flea treatment, flea and tick treatment of a medi- for a medium-sized dog contains enough pesticide to kill 60 million bees, which I think is, uh, you know, we don't even think about that. You know, just a small amount can really wreak havoc on the insect life and, and you know, obviously the river system and, and a whole bunch of environmental, environmental issues. So, um, so at the end of the day, I think it's a, a fair statement to say that these insecticide and pesticide-based flea and tick tre- treatments or preventatives, well, more treatments, probably are not you know the safe, safest option for not only our pets, but for us or the environment. Um, so now you're probably thinking, you know, what, well, then what can I do? If I can't use these drugs, you know, what can I do? I think it's about, um, I think it's about kind of assessing your, you know, your situation and, and minimizing the risk. I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place for conventional drugs like this. Maybe, you know, you could be in the midst of a a really bad flea outbreak. Uh, Maybe the ticks are all of a sudden taking over the area where you like to take your dogs. You have to assess the risk. And if meds need to be used, um, 
then we need to turn our focus on um, detoxing them and making sure that if we are giving in giving them, administering these drugs to them, we're doing a proper detox protocols to make sure that their their liver and their, their kidneys are functioning properly. So, This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. Natural deterrence. So I'll, I'm going to kind of go over some products, but first I want to talk about just, just some basic things you can do right off the bat, like today. I know I'm always, always bringing nutrition uh, back into the picture, but I think it's, it's, it's one of the most important things here. Um, fleas and ticks do not like um, they're parasites. They don't like healthy animals. They don't like healthy immune systems. So how do you have, how do you give your pet, your dog or cat a healthy immune system? You feed them a species appropriate diet. You know, we've talked about this before. 80% of their immune system is in their gut. The foundation of, of health is always, is always, you know, diet. You know, the more you can move away from less processed food, um, the better off they're going to be, the healthier they're going to be. Interesting enough, you know, only five to 10% of infected animals of, of Lyme disease are actually showing clinical signs of disease. So I think what, I, what I'm trying to say there is when you have a dog or a cat that has a healthy immune system, they can, they can take care of a lot of these issues themselves. Um, so I think feeding them is one of the best preventatives that you can do right now. Another one is just avoidance. I mean, there are parks here in Columbus that I know are going to be littered with, especially ticks. They even put warning signs up. Certain times a year, I you know obviously you still want to get your dog outside. You still want to get them exercised. I tend to stick to places that you know are the the grass is routinely mowed, kind of open, more open areas, not so wooded or long grass, and kind of do quick frisbee sessions with Mozzie and things like that. And then we'll do some longer walks as well. But I hate to say this, but we don't do a lot of hiking in the summertime usually because it's too hot for Mozzie anyways. But also for this for this issue, just to kind of stay away from the from the ticks. Another one is just using local honey. So you can use about half a teaspoon per 15 pounds uh, of dog per day in their food. Um, it's a great immune system booster. Garlic is another one. And I know some people are like, oh my God, no, not garlic. It's toxic. It's poisonous to dogs that can't eat it. That's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, Dr. Karen Becker actually put out a really good um, post about about this. And so there was a study about, about 21 years ago. This, uh, some Japanese scientists did a... Um, a study and they wanted to know what would happen if they fed dogs a whole lot of garlic for seven days straight. Um, and at the end of the trial, no dogs actually died. So in fact, none of the dogs even showed any symptoms. Um, but the scientists did find, you know, slight changes in, in some of their red, red blood cells leading to the conclusion that garlic may be toxic, but big, butt here, 
it would have been equivalent to feeding a 70-pound Gordon Retriever 245 cloves of garlic in one week. So that's almost two and a half pounds of raw garlic would cause some level of toxicity. So I don't know who would be doing that. That is an extremely large amount of, of garlic to be feeding the dog or anyone, any species really. So it's, you know, garlic actually has some really beneficial properties. It's, it's antibacterial, it's antiviral, it's antiparasitic, and it really does a really good job at repelling fleas and ticks. And a lot of people don't know this. They actually, they put it in a lot of food for this reason. So, and so the, a lot of people refuse, like, no, I'm not going to feed my dog garlic, but they don't even know they're actually feeding the dog garlic. But if you wanted to do this, just the just by adding garlic, uh, it's about one fourth a teaspoon of fresh pressed garlic per 15 pounds of pet. Um, and you can mix that in their food every day. Extremely beneficial. So there are some really awesome products that we have in the shop um, that I've been using for years that I've had a lot of success with. And a lot of these are the earth animal products. So um, earth animal has a flea and tick powder. It's kind of a combination of neem, nettles, hawthorn, blue-green algae, garlic, paya. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but um, this kind of has all these awesome herbs and, and um, natural things in there that not only help kind of boost your dog's immune system, so it's kind of like a two-prong approach. So it really helps. It's just like a really good supplement for your dog um, to keep them healthy, keep their immune immune system healthy. But it also makes their blood taste bad to the ticks and to the fleas. And they also produce this scent that you can't smell and their dogs can't, but the fleas and ticks can and that they they don't like. Um, so it actually acts a, a immune system booster, like I said, but also as a, a good preventative to keep them off your the fleas and ticks off your dog. I do find that with this powder, you kind of have to use a pretty large amount of it. I mean, not it's nothing crazy, but you know, when you mix it with the food, it can kind of be overwhelming, especially because there's the garlic in there. My dogs seem to really like it. Like it's, I feel like I'm adding like herbs and spices to their, to their food, but sometimes I'll make like a, um, especially in the summertime when I'm kind of doing a little bit more of the supplement, um, I'll, I'll mix it with some goat milk or some cow kefir. Um, I'll put in some phytoplankton in there and, and the, uh, the powder and kind of mix it all up, kind of make a green smoothie. Um, and they, they seem to love it. So that's one way you can do it. Or you can just mix in with the food. Earth Animal also has a, um, by the way, Earth Animal is not sponsoring this. This is just, I've just, I've used these products. I'm familiar with them and I've had good success again. So they also have a, a spot on treatment. That's literally just peppermint oil and Virginia uh, cedarwood oil and almond oil. That's it. So it's extremely non-offensive to your dog, um, but really, really good at repelling fleas and ticks and mosquitoes and other biting insects. So it's especially in the height of, you know, here in Columbus, I think it's like around the fall time. I feel like the, the ticks are like at their worst. So sometimes these topicals can be really beneficial. They also have like a, like a, a topical powder. Um, so it's, it's like silica and limestone and it's infused with some other essential oils. Now I have, I have used this one. Like if I find a flea on Mozzie or Foxy, I'll, I'll actually put this powder on them and it does a fantastic job of of getting rid of anything. We've never had any kind of infestation or, or anything like that because, well, because, you know, they're obviously healthy and we're feeding them appropriate diets and we're doing internal powders and, and all this stuff. But the powder, the topical powder that I'm talking about, um, it's called Nature's Protection by Earth Animal Flea and Tick Herbal Topical Powder. 
really just does a good job of making sure it's killing the fleas on them um, on a microscopic level. So it's actually, it, it kills like the eggs and the larvae. Um, it kind of dries them out, but also it kind of like dices them up too. All these things are more mechanical, you know. Um, it's not like we're in, in, inducing a bunch of uh, chemicals on our pets. Um, there's just some really good products from Earth Animal that I really, I really like and trust. Wonderside, we use Wonderside a lot as well. So Wonderside is a spray. It's mostly uh, cedarwood oil. I think they use neem as well. Neem is, I don't want to go too much into this, but neem oil is, is it's been shown to be as effective as DEET. So it's, 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 it's legit. And DEET is, you know, obviously a chemical that I've used it before on myself when I was younger in the backwoods. Um, and it is really effective. Um, but I probably would have used neem if I would have known better. But so Wonderside, you know, you have sprays. They have their topical sprays that uh, you can just spray on your dog, like especially if you're going out like for a hike or for a long walk or you're taking dog to the park. Like it's, it's really good just to kind of spray on them. Um, it really does a really nice job of repelling fleas and ticks and uh, also mosquitoes. So we talk about heartworm. That'll be another episode, but it repels mosquitoes as well. I've actually used this spray on myself during the summertime, and it does a fantastic job of keeping the mosquitoes away. And that says something because they are super attracted to me. They also have a yard spray. So you can spray your yard like around the area that you're in a lot. I've even sprayed our like front porch and the furniture. And it's good. It works for like, you know, I'll probably during the summertime, I'll spray it like I'll probably use it like once every week or a couple weeks, depending on how much it's raining. Um, and it's really effective at keeping mosquitoes away. So other things you can do is just check your dog. Checking the ears, base of the tail, the pits, um, the belly, around, I think I said this already, around the ears. You know, especially with ticks, like you can really feel them, especially after they've been feeding for a while. You know, ticks really, they can't transmit disease. It takes them about 48 to 72 hours to, to be able to transmit disease. Finding them quickly and, and removing them um, appropriately is obviously really effective. We have a lot of flea combs, so just constantly, you know, brushing your dog, especially during the height of these seasons. Uh, flea combs can be really beneficial, super cheap, super easy. It's good just for brushing your dog anyways. Um, even my Aussie, I can use that brush on him. He's got two coats, and um, I can still get that through his fur. It's a good way to kind of catch these before any infestation occurs. It's just, I feel like it's a good um, exfoliator. It's a good exfoliator. Sorry, it's a good exfoliator for your dog too. They, my dogs, my dogs tend to like it. Of course, there's diametaceous earth. So a lot of you have probably heard of diametaceous earth. There's a lot of good information online about this. I would say you know definitely use the food grade version of diametaceous earth. It kind of the diametaceous earth kind of um, works like the uh, topical powder I was talking about before. And both of these products you can use like on furniture and on carpet, and you let it sit for a few days, and then you vacuum it up. So. Um, when you let it sit for a few days, it allows, it, it kills the fleas if there's any fleas around, but it also kills the eggs and the larvae really effective um, at doing that. So, but if you do have, you know, if someone in the family has asthma, there's some respiratory issues, I'd probably steer away from this. But like I said, there's a lot of good information online about diametaceous earth. So you can kind of dig in there. Detox is the next thing I want to talk about. So if you are doing these preventatives, I think it's really important even if you're not doing these preventatives, it's important to do some detox every once in a while. You know, our, our dogs are, and cats are really, you know, they're prone to a lot of toxicity, whether it's the chemicals we're using in our house, candles, plug-ins, you know, if they're, if they're fed, if they're fed dry food, 
you know, they've, they did a really interesting study that found that dogs that are eating um, kibble, which is conventional dry food, had 32 times the average um, amount of glyphosate in their urine compared to the average human. So uh, glyphosate, again, being a uh, insecticide used on a whole bunch of most, most, you know, uh, crops here in the U.S. So, um, and interesting enough, the raw-fed dogs had no traceable amounts of, of glyphosate in their urine. So, detox is something that's really important. You should be doing, anyways, on a pretty regular basis. But definitely should be thinking about if you're using these conventional flea and tick drugs because I'm I'm telling you right now, it is extremely taxing um, on their liver and and kidneys especially. So, one that I like to use a lot is the Adored Beast Liver Tonic. It has got milk thistle and dandelion root and barberry. So all these um, natural elements that are really, really beneficial at um, detoxing the liver and also the kidneys. Um, They also have a product of phytoplankton, which is sustainably sourced uh, phytoplankton. They actually harvest this in uh, filtered fresh Atlantic um, ocean water up in Canada. Um, And it is packed with antioxidants and vitamins minerals to support healthy immune system and it's extremely bioavailable so it actually absorbs through the dog's membrane usually before they even like digest it before it even gets to the gut so really cool stuff and then also just soaking your dogs like you know during the height like during the spring and summer even into the fall just soaking i'm not big on bathing my dogs all that much but you know, soaking your dogs is actually kind of just two things. You can really drown the fleas if they do have any fleas on them. You can drown the fleas out, but it's also just a good external detox. You know, I know my dog, he's got two, he's got undercoat and a um, an overcoat. And, you know, he's kind of like a Swiffer. I mean, he just picks up all the pollen, all the dust, all yeah, everything. And so just being able to, you know, rinse him off, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks can, can do can do a lot. I've noticed this too, just for like allergy reasons, just getting the pollen off of them can really help, um, especially during, you know, certain times of the year. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional as well as integrative medical options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, stem cell therapy and PRP, and more. Visit us at lifetimepetwellness.com Instagram and Facebook to learn more about us. So in conclusion, you know, I think the best, our best options for, you know, flea and tick prevention is a, you know, feeding a fresh diet, getting as much whole food species appropriate food in their diet um, as possible. And then also with that, you know, eliminating as much process, processed food, you know, starting the natural flea and tick preventatives early. So like the internal powder from Earth Animal I was talking about, I've already started. Um, I started about a month ago. So it's now the end of March, I think. Yeah, I started about the end of April. I probably should have, honestly, I probably should have been doing it before that. Um, but, you know, get get on it now. It's super effective. It doesn't harm, you know, there's there's no side effects, virtually no side effects from it. And it's actually really beneficial to your, to your pet. You can either mix in with the food. I like to mix it in with some goat milk or some cow kefir and kind of make like a little green smoothie. Both my dogs love it. So uh, soaking your dog, we just talked about, you know, making sure we're drowning up any fleas are on them. Also, it's just a good detox, external detox. Uh, flea combs, super cheap. You know, it's just a very mechanical, non-toxic way to to get rid of fleas. And also it's just to find 
kind of helps you just find fleas or even ticks on your dog. Just a good way to just kind of do a, a once over with them. Using safe, you know, natural topical sprays like the ones I talked about from Wonderside. Earth Animal, Earth Animal also has one. You know, these are really beneficial, especially if your dog's going to be outside for a while. You say you're having some people over, grilling out outside, you know, might as well just spray them with that real quick. Gives you a little peace of mind. If you're going for hikes, same thing. Going to the park, throw the frisbee, same thing. Just during the, you know, spring, summer, fall, it's uh, definitely something to consider. They also make the yard sprays, which I think are really awesome. Just as far as just, I just like it from just keeping the mosquitoes away. But also the one side is really effective at actually killing fleas and, and larvae and eggs and, and also ticks. So it's it's awesome stuff while also being really safe to use. You know, I didn't talk about this before, but cedarwood oil is kind of cool. It's kind of a cool thing. So, you know, cedarwood, cedar, cedarwood, cedar trees actually produce um, this oil that keeps, um, you know, all these bugs and and parasites and all these things off of them. Um, and so that's essentially what we're doing. We're just using that same oil on our, on our pets and on ourselves to keep these bugs away without, you know, causing any kind of toxicity. So it's really kind of neat. And then lastly, just avoidance, you know, just avoiding the high dense areas, high dense, the, the dense areas of, um, you know, ticks, especially during, you know, there tends to be in, in Columbus, Ohio, there tends to be a, like a big uptake in, in the in the spring and then there's kind of a lull during the summer and then they pick back up in the fall but they're always they're kind of always around but um, I just tend to avoid places where I know they're going to be in, in high amounts so a lot of metro parks around here can be covered with you know with ticks so especially in the woods and places like that so I just I tend to avoid them that time of year you know summer and, and even in the fall and then I really do a lot of I do a lot of outdoor stuff in the winter and then the late fall because the weather's good. My dogs like it. They're much more active and, you know, I don't have to worry about fleas and ticks and all that gnarly stuff. So I hope that was, you know, beneficial. I get this, we get this question a lot in the shop about just what do I do for flea and tick? And that's, that's what I do. I use the internal powder and then I'll use some of the topicals, whether it's Wonderside or Earth Animal, um, if I'm kind of going into the heavy stuff. And then, of course, always feeding a, you know, species-appropriate raw food diet or as much fresh food as you can. So thanks for listening. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.